This is Dr. Karen Wilson-Starks, and welcome to my podcast series, The Voice of Leadership. you had an opportunity to listen to part one of my tribute to General Colin Powell. If you didn't listen to part one, please make sure you go back and listen to part one. Today, I'm going to cover part two of a tribute to General Colin Powell, a soldier, career soldier, and elder statesman. This is really a part two tribute for Veterans Day And I want to say to all of those who have served in the U.S. military, thank you. Thank you for your service. We would not be the country we are today without all of us who are veterans having been a part of it. And so I'm also proud to be part of that legacy as well. So let's go back to General Colin Powell. And I would like to dial in just a little bit about his early years in New York in terms of education. It was in 1954 that he graduated from Morris High School in the Bronx. And then in 1958, he graduated from the City College of New York with a degree in geology. And it's interesting because he says he graduated with a degree in geology because he started out in civil engineering and that just wasn't his cup of tea and that wasn't working out. He knew very well that in his family, There was no such thing as not finishing college and coming home. So he had to find a major that he could resonate with and that he could finish so he could graduate school. So he changed his major to geology. Now, once he changed his major to geology and he looked around at the City College of New York, he saw young people who were in the Reserve Officers Training Corps, ROTC, And he really was fascinated by the ROTC and took an interest in it. So he also joined the ROTC when he was in college. And finally, this was his passion. He had discovered what he really wanted to do. And he would later say all he ever wanted to do was to be a soldier. And that was his plan. And it's interesting when you find your passion you discover that the excellence that's in you comes out. Prior to that time, when he was pursuing civil engineering, his grades weren't the best. However, in his military courses, he got nearly all straight A's in the military subjects because he loved that. And by the time he was ready to graduate from college, he had achieved the cadet rank of colonel. So he was the commander of the unit. So obviously, this was something that was truly his passion and his calling. He later went on to get an MBA from George Washington University in Washington, D.C. as well. I want to mention some things about General Powell's philosophy. Because he went to the public school systems in New York, he came from a family that was a poor family. They weren't a family of great means. He has a strong belief that 
public school education can provide a great foundation for a life of significant contribution and service. So he was a proponent for public education. And he said it's important that just like he did, that people find whatever their passion is and then ultimately that they pursue it. One of the reasons that General Colin Powell did not run for president is that he ultimately said when he examined himself, he realized that his heart was not in that role. This was not his passion. It wasn't what he really felt called to do. And he and his wife were in alignment about not moving forward in that direction. And of course, by the time he got to the point where he could have run for president, he had already served many, 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 many years in a public service role for the United States. Sometimes people would ask General Powell, well, what's the secret to success? And he said, there's really no secret. If you want to be successful, it's the result of preparation, hard work, and learning from failure. As the son of two immigrant parents, his parents both arrived to the United States on banana boats from Jamaica. He lived in New York in an extremely diverse neighborhood with people from all different racial and ethnic backgrounds. And in fact, he grew up as he was doing a little bit of work for one of the shopkeepers in his neighborhood who happened to be Jewish. And as a result of that posting, he even learned how to speak Yiddish. So it was a very enriching experience growing up in this diverse environment in New York. And because of that background, he really strongly believed that the real strength and power of the United States is in our diversity, having so many people from so many different places. And he really did believe in the power of immigration. So he was very dismayed when under the Trump administration, it appeared as though the U.S. was taking some steps backward in terms of support for diversity and support for immigration. Even though he was a registered Republican and he worked for many Republican administrations, he did not endorse President Trump in either election. Instead, he endorsed a Democratic candidate for both of those presidential elections. When it comes down to thinking about the next generation of leaders, he really was all about paying it forward. And as I mentioned last time, even my husband having a chance to be in that meeting with him, when you were in the presence of General Powell, you felt like you were in the presence of someone who was wise, who was great and smart and down to earth all at the same time. Someone who really cared not just about himself, but about others. He wanted to do some work that gave back to the next generations of leadership. There are a number of schools throughout the United States that are named after him, especially a whole lot of elementary schools. In addition, in New York, the City College of New York, there was a think tank that was endowed by a real estate developer, Jack Rudy, in 1997 that was at his old alma mater, the college he graduated from. And he went up there and he looked at it and he said, well, there are a lot of think tanks in the world. Do we really need another think tank? So later the school came to be known as the Center for Service and Leadership. And then eventually it came to be known as the Colin Powell 
School of Civic and Global Leadership. And one of the things that he noticed one day when he went there to speak to the students who were part of the program, he was so excited because he said he felt as though he was talking to the younger version of himself. The students who were there were just like he was when he was young. And that was very exciting to him to see how the American dream could become a reality for many other students, just as it had for him as well. He also later became the founding chairman of an organization called America's Promise. And this organization has a strong commitment to developing future leaders. He was the chairman of it from 1997 to 2000, and then his wife took over as the chairman of the organization. Now, this organization, America's Promise, was originally the vision of George Romney, who's the father of Mitt Romney. And George Romney was a former governor of Michigan and the secretary of HUD. And before he could make this vision become a reality, George Romney died. And so it was left to others to remember and carry on the vision. And one part of it was to bring together all the living presidents for a summit. And so the presidents were convened. And at that time, the presidents who were living were Bill Clinton, George W. Bush, Jimmy Carter, Gerald Ford, and Nancy Reagan actually stood in for her husband, Ronald Reagan. So in 1997, this group signed a charter that was designed to help all children in need, no matter what their racial background was, and also no matter what their financial standing was, because there are different ways to assess need in children. And the organization still exists today and has five promises that they made and that they care about and that go with this America's Promise organization. And one of the promises was that the children would have responsive, caring, and loving adults in their life. That was promise number one. Promise number two was that they would have a safe place to learn and to grow. And there were a number of partners who partnered together with them in setting up this organization. And one of the partners included the Boys and Girls Clubs of America. They could be also part of that safe place for children to learn and grow. Promise number three was a healthy start in life, having medical care and nutritious food so that their bodies would be strengthened and grow and their brains would be fed and also could grow. And number four, the promise was a proper education. And Colin Powell was really keen on this part, a proper education that teaches a marketable skill. And then number five, which is kind of the capstone of this whole effort was an opportunity to serve others and to have the seed of that service planted early in the hearts of these children so that they can continue to live lives of service into their adulthood. And one of the things that Colin Powell said was that history is not destiny and education is what builds pathways. He's the author of two books. His autobiography, My American Journey, was published in 1995. And then Colin Powell's memoir, It Worked for Me in Life and Leadership, was published in 2012. 
And I just want to mention just a couple of things that he's known for, some of which he's mentioned in the books and elsewhere. First of all, as an immigrant and as one who grew up in New York City, he would say that he was proud to be an American. He believes in American values and ideals. And that's probably part of what was so exciting to him about the military as well, because there is certainly the belief in the best of our American values and ideals in the military. And then it's all about defending those as well. He believed that we are family and we are family serving family. And very often when we would go to a new posting, maybe feeling that he had left the past group behind, he would come to see the new group as his new family as well. General Colin Powell was known for patient diplomacy. And from that patient diplomacy, he would really practice and get to mutual respect and ultimately frequently to a level of friendship with many people just by having diplomacy and respect, getting to friendship. He believed that it was important to embrace and understand people. And this is what led to reconciliation and also empathy for others. And for those out there who might be more glory seekers, what Colin Powell would say is that our service is our real glory. He was also known for something that came to be known as the Powell Doctrine in terms of military leadership. What it essentially said was that it's important to have a clear mission, whatever it is you're going after to do, and a clear mission that's circumscribed, it's not overreaching. In other words, don't go beyond what you really are there to do. So a clear mission without overreaching and make sure that your political means also match your military means. He thought it was important to bring in enough resources to get a job done decisively. And an example of this would be the United States approach to getting Iraq out of Kuwait. Colin Powell was very much a part of that. And he first made sure that the southern kingdoms and nations like Saudi Arabia, were protected. And then he asked for a large number of troops because he wanted to go in there, be quick about it, strategic, and get back out. So this Powell Doctrine, the intent of it was to maximize success and to minimize casualties in any conflict or situation. One of the things he was also known for saying is that it was important to make America strong and to make America great for all citizens. That was the additional caveat, make America great for all citizens, but first make America strong. He also said, avoid having your ego so close to your position that when your position fails, your ego goes with it. And what that tells me is that it's really important to be about more in life than just position. Positions come and go. And you remain even past all those positions. You want to be a person of character, someone of substance. So whether you switch positions or have no position, 
you are still rich because of who you are and who you are in terms of values and character, not because you're better than anyone else or anything like that. So I hope that you've enjoyed this little bit of walk with me and just honoring a man who I deeply respect, General Colin Powell, a person who not only will be missed by me and my husband personally and other people who knew him from our military service, a man who will be missed by the United States and also the world because he was that type of diplomat and statesman known throughout the world really as a peacemaker, even though he was a military man. So I hope that we will remember his wisdom, remember his passion and his vision, and that we will hold up someone like General Colin Powell as a role model, even for our children to pay attention to and to look at what's possible, even yet and still today in the United States. He came up in a time that was very difficult to do all that he did. And there was still so much segregation, so much oppression, so much prejudice. The Jim Crow laws were alive and well and so on. And yet his excellence was acknowledged, recognized and promoted. So that's something to keep in mind. So as we close out today's segment, I would like to share words of wisdom from Proverbs the 19th chapter and verses 20 to 21. Listen to counsel and receive instruction that you may be wise in your latter days. There are many plans in a man's heart. Nevertheless, the Lord's counsel, that will stand. You've been listening to The Voice of Leadership with me, Dr. Karen Wilson-Starks. And I want to give a special thanks to jazz saxophonist Ron McMillan for granting us permission to use his gifted music on our show. Thanks for listening. And remember to go to my website, transleadership.com, for more strategies, insights, and leadership resources.